Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Welcome to this talk entitled, What is the Impact of First-Line PNH Treatment Choice on the Risk of Thrombosis? I'm Carlos DeCastro. I'm a professor of medicine at Duke University in Durham, North Carolina. Thrombosis, or blood clots in PNH, are one of the most feared complications of PNH, occurring in up to 40% of patients during their lifetime. Uh, they can contribute to end organ damage, including the lungs, the liver, the kidney, the brain. And in earlier studies, uh, thrombotic events were the leading cause of death, accounting to 40 to 67% of deaths in the U.S. and Europe. The first thrombotic event increased the risk for death five to tenfold in patients with PNH. And the problem was always that once you had a blood clot, you tended to clot again despite anticoagulant therapy. Thrombotic events can be the presenting symptom in PNH. About 20% of patients will present this way. And the first thrombotic event, unfortunately, can be fatal. Thrombotic events are correlated with the size of the white cell clone or the PNH clone. That is, the larger the clone, the higher the risk of blood clots. And these blood clots can occur in very unusual locations. In this pie graph, you see about a third of patients with thrombotic events occur as standard DVTs in, their, in the leg or the extremity. But another third occur in the GI tract, including uh, hepatic and portal veins, Bud Chiari syndrome, or mesenteric and splenic veins. Other clots can occur in cerebral veins, cerebral uh, dural veins, or superficial dermal veins, which are highly unusual locations. And they can be arterial clots, such as stroke or myocardial infarctions. We have data from the first uh, treatment that was ever developed for PNH and uh, complement inhibition, that is eculizumab, where the rates of thrombotic events fell from about 39 in the pre-eculizumab treatment arm to three in once they were on treatment. So overall, it was estimated that 92% uh, fewer thrombotic events will occur with eculizumab treatment. And the majority of patients on this study had been receiving concomitant anticoagulants. There was no uh, look at what happened if we withdrew anticoagulants, but we now believe you can safely do that. We now have newer drugs that are being developed uh, to target complement. These include pegcetacopin, which targets C3 and is now FDA approved, and factor D and B inhibitors, which are in clinical trials. So with eculizumab and ravulizumab, we know data now uh, long-term on the thrombotic event rates, and these range for eculizumab for about 1.07 to 2.14 events per 100 patient years, uh, depending on which study you look at. Ravulizumab is similar, having a thrombotic rate of about 1.38 events per 100 patient years. With Pegcetacoplin, we have uh, two studies that we can look at now to look at the thrombotic events. The 307 study is a long-term extension study for patients who were on Pegcetacoplin in clinical trials. And thrombotic events occurred in five uh, patients during the clinical trials, which is a rate of about 1.22 events per 100 patient years in a total of about 409.4 years. And then post-marketing in the U.S., there have been two events, uh, again, for a rate of about 1.17 events per 100 patients per uh, given over 170.8 years. From Pegasus and Prince trials, we did a post-hoc analysis looking at the instance of thrombotic events, uh, along with anti-thrombotic therapy and D-dimer levels. For pegcetacopin, there was 1.54 events per 100 patient years in 130 patient years being studied, whereas the eculizumab had 1.77 events per 100 patient years uh, in the same study. 
So it looks like for Pegas uh, from for Pegasida Copeland, uh, the thrombotic rates are very very similar to what we see with eculizumab and ravulizumab, which is uh, wonderful news. We have some real world data from Pegasida Copeland that was presented at the International PNH Interest Group Symposium uh, in 2023 in England. Since its approval in May of 2021 by the FDA, Pegasida Copeland appears to be very safe and effective in treating patients with PNH. There's been no increase in episodes of thrombotic events compared to historical rates with C5 inhibitors, which is what I just showed you. In addition, there's been no increase in meningococcal infections uh, compared to the C5 inhibitors, no increase in other infection rates. The compliance rates on this drug are very, very high, above 90%. And there have been improvements in other parameters, such as transfusion requirements, symptoms, and quality of life. Surveys were done, and the patient satisfaction levels on this drug are sky high. With that, I'd like to thank you for your attention. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME, LLC, and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.